of the Lord today hallelujah hallelujah amen you may be seated for just a few moments amen I want to take a brief opportunity this morning to join in with what has already been said 
And I want to give a great big welcome this morning to all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us. Rock Church, would you help me one more time? Put your hands together and make some Holy Ghost noise. Come on, we can do better than that. Help me welcome all of our guests that are here with us today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It is so wonderful to have you in the house of the Lord today. If you are here for the very first time at the Rock Church, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you came through the door. And this VIP invitation card is your ticket into our VIP room immediately following the service. And we have uh, some light refreshments and a small gift we'd like to give you as a token of our appreciation for you coming to be with us this morning. We'd love an opportunity just to get to know you a little bit better. So when the service is dismissed, if you'll make your way to the red carpet, shout at your neighbor, the red carpet. If you'll make your way to the red carpet in the lobby when the service is dismissed, somebody will usher you to our VIP room, and we look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Amen, Rock Church. Amen. So wonderful to have brother and sister Plappert with us all the way from Bellevue, Florida. Amen. Out of Souls Harbor Church there, Bishop and, and uh, Pastor Varnum, very uh, good friends of mine. So wonderful to have them in the house of the Lord with us today. And the Lord is doing some absolutely incredible things. Amen. I want us to remember this week to pray uh, for the Espinoza family. Sister Espinoza's father passed away this week. And uh, she, because of travel restrictions that are going on in different circumstances, is unable to travel to be there with the family. And uh, I wonder if we could just stand to our feet for a moment now. I know that we've already prayed for people, but I wonder if we could just stretch our hands towards Sister Espinosa. They're seated, seated right here to my right and your left. Would you stretch your hands in that direction? And I want us to pray right now for this family. Maybe a couple of you sisters that are standing around there could just gather around. I want us to pray that the peace of God would come upon this family and the comfort of the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, would you lift your voice? Holy Ghost, we ask you this morning, God, would you rest, oh God, on the Espinosa family today? God, we know that our times are in your hands, that you hold our breath, God, in your hands. Oh, but I pray, God, that you would strengthen her mind and her spirit, touch her family, God, as they walk through this moment of transition in their family. We're believing you, God, to bring peace that passes understanding. God, we ask you right now, Jesus, to wrap your arms around them, God. Let the comfort of the Holy Ghost be upon them today, Jesus. We ask you right now, God, that you do it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody said in Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands one more time under the Lord in this sanctuary. Amen. 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 Hermano y hermana Espanosa, you're not by yourself. We love you and we're praying for you and we're here for you and your tremendous family at this time. Amen. Amen. You can be seated again. We are in the middle of God doing some absolutely incredible things. How many of you were here last Sunday night? How many of you remember the breakthrough that happened in this house? We never made it to the preaching of the word, but how many of you remember... The, the, the prophetic presence of God that came into this place. 
How many of you remember we came to the front and began to pray because there were miracles in the building? Anybody remember that from last Sunday? The Holy Ghost moved in such a powerful way. We already have reports flowing in about God working and doing miracles this week. And I wanted to share just a couple of them with you. We don't have time to, to go over all of them, but let me share a couple of them with you. Sister Denisha Duhaney uh, has been without a vehicle for a little while, and we prayed on Sunday believing God for miracles. And just a couple of days, no, it was the next day. I think it was on Monday, the very next day. Somebody took her and wrote a cashier's check for over ten, like $10,000 and bought her a vehicle. Some of y'all that need a new car ought to be shouting over her blessing right now. If you'll rejoice with them that rejoice, God's got a blessing with your name on it. Woo! Won't he do it? Won't he do it? And then, uh, Sister Stephanie, Sister Jessica, we've been praying uh, for their mother who has been having some health challenges and she had a tumor in her chest and was having some heart problems and she went in uh, for some ultrasounds. They wanted to see uh, what was going on with the tumor and the heart situation. But when they did the test this week, they could not find the tumor anymore. No, no, no. You, you, you don't really understand what I'm telling you. God said there was going to be miracles. Uh, and there were two young ladies in this building uh, that lifted their hands and said, God, you're able to do it. Uh, woo. The doctors can't explain it, uh, but I can testify about it this morning. Uh, we serve a God uh, of miracles, uh, signs, uh, and wonders. Woo! No tumors. The heart problem isn't a concern. And we thank God for that miracle today. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. And I just want to encourage you to hold on to the word of the Lord. How many of you remember we are part of a prophetic kingdom? We serve a God that calls things that are not as though they already were. And so Psalm 150 commands me to praise him for his mighty acts. But my praise is not always indicative of what he's doing right now. Sometimes my praise is indicative of what he's going to do. In other words, my dance is for what God is going to do in my future. Sometimes my praise is about God's promise. And I wish I had a church in the building that would take about 30 seconds right now and praise him in advance for what you're believing God to do in your life. If you've got a promise for a miracle, I dare you to praise him like it's already done this morning. Ooh. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I got some things I'm believing God for. 
I said, I got a few things uh, that I'm believing God for. Uh, I'm not going to wait for it to happen. Uh, I'm not waiting on the phone call. Uh, I'm not waiting on the open door. Uh, I'll praise him now. Uh, he can do it later. Yes. Woo. And then another incredible miracle came to fruition this week as little baby Aubrey Joy Williams was born Thursday afternoon to Brother Akeem and Sister Gertrude Williams. Let's give God a praise. Come on, let's give God a praise for that miracle. Not supposed to have children. That's the second one. God said, I'll give you double for your trouble. I'll do it again just to remind the devil. Woo. Amen. So many exciting things. Friday morning, we baptized Ephraim in Jesus' name. Received the Holy Ghost. He's here this morning. Would you help me give God a praise for this young man being born into the kingdom of God? Man, I just found out that he went to school for sign language. He's back there communicating with a couple of our folks this morning. How many believe God will use this young man? <laughs> and then so many incredible reports uh, from our evangelism on Saturday. Man, I, the reports are that it could be the greatest day of outreach we have had thus far in this church. How many of you thank God for what he's doing? How many of you thank God for the leadership of Brother Leo? Amen, amen. Stand with me if you would all across this house. We have come to this place to magnify the Lord together. But we have also come with hunger in our hearts and desire in our spirit to hear the word of the Lord and for there to be an impartation of God's word into our spirit. The Bible tells us that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Tell your neighbor, proceedeth. That means that God's word is still moving today. God's got a written established word, but there is a rhema word, a revealed word for this house today and it is our honor to have back with us he's no stranger to this house so wonderful to have evangelist Steve Carson back in the house of the Lord with us we love the Carson family and uh, I believe that God does all things well and I believe that he is here on assignment from God and I don't know about you but I have expectation in my spirit that God is about to do something great in this sanctuary amen would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great praise? Come on, let's give God a great praise as the man of God comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us this morning. Come on and clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Come on, if you believe he's going to do it. I said if you believe he's going to do it. See, you ought to praise him. Now I wonder if there's some people here that not only believe it, 
but you're going to take it a step further and say, I know he's going to do it. See, Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. Believing's where you start. But when you've been doing it long enough, you start knowing some stuff. And you start saying, I don't just believe it, but I know God's fixing to turn it around. God's about to make a way where there is no way. Hey, devil, I've got news for you. God's fixing to break something in my life. Woo! I know it. I said I know it. High five your neighbor and tell him, I know it's about to happen. Ah, hallelujah. It's good to be back in Fort Myers. And uh, always look forward to coming. And, uh, it's a great, great church. And uh, thank God for your pastor. His, thank God for his wife. And... Um, very blessed to have a prophetic voice in your life and a vision caster, an anointed vessel of the Lord. And uh, we are products of that anointing today, and I thank God for what he's doing. If you have your Bible, go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Sister Carson sends her love. Ashley says to tell all the crew here hello for her, and uh, she'll be watching online. And, uh, but she wanted to be here so bad, but I couldn't fly her with me. So the Lord willing, we'll get her here the next time, I promise. But she loves all of you so very much. I have a, a word that I believe the Lord spoke to me just a couple of days ago. And I was talking to him about what to say here. It's easy to preach here, by the way. And uh, it don't really take a whole lot to get you all riled up. And I'll be honest with you, you really don't need any outside voices to really help. You got a lot of great voices right here. So, Brother Williams, thank you for letting some of us just stop by and enjoy what God's doing. But uh, y'all are blessed. I've been hearing some of these young preachers here preach, and I'm just like, help us, God. And uh, they, they, they are preaching. And then some of these ladies that God is calling and anointing for this hour. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Amen. Amen. But I was praying and I said, Lord, what do I need to share? And I felt like the Lord really spoke to my spirit uh, for this congregation. And it's a very familiar passage in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to read one verse of scripture. Beginning in verse 12. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Everybody say, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is what you're fighting. It's not each other. It's not the culture. It's not political party. It is a spiritual battle. It is a demonic 
horde from hell that is trying to get you, to take you down, to destroy your faith, to cause you to stop praying, to stop worshiping. But I've come to tell you today, it is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. You cannot forget that you are in a spiritual battle. That is why you've been going through what you've been going through. But I'm here to tell you your breakthrough is just ahead of you because the battle always comes first. That ought to give somebody some hope right now. And if you believe it, you ought to lay your Bible down and clap your hands to the Lord uh, and just let God know, I believe uh, and I know uh, that you're about to turn it around for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. It may be seated. Tell somebody next to you it's a spiritual thing. All through the Word of God, we find these supernatural things taking place. They are things that you cannot try to comprehend in your flesh. You find the Lord speaking through an angel, telling Mary, you're about to have a child. She said, how can this be? Seeing I know not a man. How can this be accomplished? Uh, seeing what I see and knowing what I know. Uh, and you have to understand that the Bible says the angel looked back at her and said, you don't understand. Uh, this is a spiritual thing. Uh, he said the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. Uh, that's the spirit. Spirit of God. Uh, and there's some of you in this room today. Uh, the enemy's trying to tell you it can't happen because of what you see uh, and because of what you know. Uh, but I've come to tell you it's a spiritual thing. Uh, and when God gets ready, uh, he will move on you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and it don't matter what's in the way. Uh, it will change uh, because it's a spiritual thing. The reason why some of you have been under the gun, the reason why you've been fighting so much in your mind, uh, and the reason why there's been so many lying voices, uh, the reason why there's been so many walls, uh, the reason why the giant looks so intimidating, uh, the reason why the giant uh, is trying to billow uh, and trying to roar uh, is because he's trying to intimidate you. Uh, but you got to understand, uh, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, how can little old David David, uh, beat a giant like that. Uh, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, and you can't do it in your flesh. Uh, you can't do it with your might. Uh, you can't do it with your strength. Uh, you can't do it with your power. Uh, you can't do it with your charisma. You've got to do it in the spirit. You, you can't try to rationalize this. You can't try to intellectualize it. Well, if I can get it all figured out and, and I can see how this is going to work and, and if, if I just knew how God and when God and, and who God was going to flow, you don't need to know none of that. 
Well, if I could get all the right people, if I could make the right connections, if I, if I could get enough money, you know, if I didn't have this in my life, see, you're trying to intellectualize it. You're trying to rationalize what God can and cannot do according to what you have or you don't have. And God lines the pages of Scripture with impossible situations. Uh, and he says, go to that Jericho wall. Uh, I know you don't have the manpower. Uh, I know you don't have the bulldozers. Uh, I know you don't have the arsenal. Uh, but you just go uh, and you walk around the wall. It's not logical, Pastor. Just march around the wall. Are you kidding me? That's all we're supposed to. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't compute with somebody that's strategic in warfare. But see, God is trying to help us to say you don't need to know how it all is going to fit. You've got to learn to step out in faith and say, God, you said it. I believe it. That settles it. I am going to walk in the spirit and the wall is coming down. I said the wall is coming. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. And you've got an ugly wall standing in your way. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, it is about to fall. Woo. I understand. I understand sometimes the wall is intimidating and it's scary. Giants are ugly. They smell bad. And they get in your face. And they mock you. They tease you. You know, and I've been serving God long enough not to mess with folks. I'll be honest, there's a few times I dance and shout and nothing happened. I don't want to kill nobody's faith here today. There's a few times I turned around three times and went home, and it was still there. I've been in that service where I wrote it down. Throwed it on the floor and put it under my feet. But when I got home, it was still in my head. Tell your neighbor, say, be real. But when you study the scripture, you'll find you're not alone. Paul said, I had a messenger from Satan. I had this thing that I prayed about, I sought God about, three different occasions. I prayed about this thorn in my flesh. Now, there, there's a lot of commentary if you read, and there's a lot of commentary that people want to say it was a sickness, weakness he had in his body. But the Bible's very clear. 
It was a messenger from Satan. You can prove that the thorn in the flesh refers to people or things. Numbers 30, uh, 33, 55, speaking of the inhabitants of the land. Moses said, if ye will not drive them out, they will be thorns in your side. These were unconquered enemies. Joshua 23, 13 says concerning the Canaanites, they shall be scourges in your side and thorns in your eye. David said the sons of Belial shall all be as thorns. And so God is very clear that this thorn, this irritation. Now, normally, a thorn won't kill you. I do know a man that got a thorn in his hand. It got bad. It was some poison in it. It got infected. He lost a thumb. As far as I know, he just went around like that right there. He was still alive. Thorn won't kill you, but it'll sure enough irritate you. And so Paul is saying, I want this irritation, this thing that is aggravating me, this thing that is tormenting my family. I want it gone. And I prayed three times. Still there. This messenger, the word messenger means angelos. It's in the angelos in the Greek. It is a messenger, an angel of Satan. Translated by others as the angel of the devil or Satan's angel. The word angelos appears some 188 times in the Bible. And 181 times it's mentioned as angels and seven times as a messenger. What you got to understand and realize is that this battle and this opponent is a real force. This is not some figment of your imagination. This is not your psychotic mind uh, messing with you uh, because I'm here to tell you, you can get all the psychoanalysis you want to, uh, but when it's a spiritual thing uh, and it's a messenger of Satan, uh, the only way to handle that uh, is standing flat-footed uh, and look him in the eye uh, and say, I know what you're doing. Uh, Paul said, uh, I am not going to be ignorant uh, of Satan's devices. He also said, I know what I'm fighting. Uh, I'm not a shadow boxer uh, just beating at the air, uh, fighting something I don't know. Uh, he said, I know what I'm fighting. Uh, it's not my brother. Uh, it's not my sister. Uh, it is a spirit of darkness from hell that is trying, trying to stop me. Bible said it was a buffeting him. Battle's real. The thief, the Bible says, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Anything in your life that is stealing from you, 
is killing your joy, your faith, your marriage, your children. It's not from God. It's from the adversary. So Paul tells us what this messenger is trying to do. He said he's been sent to buffet me. Everybody say buffet me. In Daniel chapter 7, it speaks about the end time. And it speaks in verse 25 that the spirit of the Antichrist. We all know that that's a demonic force. The Antichrist will be influenced by this demonic being. But the Bible said that he would wear out the saints of the Most High. Now that sounds really, really bad, and it can be frustrating. But the word wear out means in a mental sense. To wear away at you. To harass you constantly. Now we're not at Disney World. And we're not in a fairyland. So I'm just coming to tell you it ain't going away. That spirit will continue to harass you. Which is why we teach at this church, when you come through those doors, have your hands raised. Have a praise on your lips. We teach when you wake up in the morning, uh, you need to find you a place uh, to put on the whole armor of God uh, because we are doing battle every second of the day. So he said, I'm come to buffet you. The word buffet here means to blow with the hand or fist, to strike repeatedly. Blow after blow. It's figuratively speaking of waves that buffet against a boat. It's the same word used when they struck Christ repeatedly. Blow after blow. Wymouth translates this passage as Satan's angels dealing blow after blow. I've just come to remind somebody this morning that the battle never stops. When Job was finished with chapter 1, chapter 2 came. After he lost his family and now he lost his possessions, uh, then he had to go through something physically in his body. Uh, but Job said, and through all of this, uh, I'm just going to keep trusting God. Uh, I do not understand it. Uh, I've been living faithful. Uh, I've been a good man. Uh, I've been perfect and upright in all my ways. Uh, but I've got an adversary, the devil. Uh, he's like a roaring lion. Uh, he's seeking whom he may devour. Uh, but I made up my mind. Uh, it it is a spiritual thing, uh, and I can win it. If you believe you can win it, you ought to clap your hands, and you ought to give God a shout with your voice. You look at the story of Samson and Delilah. It's a picture of how Satan works. The Bible said she pressed on him daily with her words. 
messenger. The enemy says, Job, he'll curse you and die. He used his wife to say, why don't you curse God and die? Where did the idea come from? I'm going to give away some of my stuff real quick. I'll let pastor preach it. But I'm fixing to preach about when do you become Satan. Usually it's when you open your mouth when you shouldn't. Why don't you curse God and die? She was taking his place. The Lord looked at Peter and said, get behind me. You become Satan when you start opposing the perfect will of God. Hey, I don't want to, I don't think we ought to go that direction. Hey, the man of God said he's fixing to go to the cross. He's going to have to die. And Peter said, oh, no, we're not having that. He just gave this guy the keys to the kingdom a few verses before. It's amazing how fast you can go from a saint to a sinner. It's amazing how fast you can switch. Some of you won't even get to the restaurant. Well, hallelujah. I still love you. But when do you become Satan? Don't allow the enemy to use you as a pawn to hurt the rest of the body. Just because you don't believe it, just because you're full of doubt and fear, don't be messing with the rest of us that are reaching, that are climbing, uh, that are hoping, uh, that are pushing. Uh, just be quiet. Uh, don't allow yourself to become the voice of the adversary. Get behind the man of God. Uh, stand with his vision uh, and say, I don't know how we're going to do it either, Pastor, but I just know we got a God that's able uh, and he's big uh, and he's mighty. Uh, it's a spiritual thing. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody shout, it's a spiritual thing. The Bible said she pressed on him daily with her words. It was a continual coming. She pressed her. The word pressed her means to oppress or to distress. And it wasn't until after this that she, he told her all that was in his heart and where his power lied. And might I just remind you that his power relied in his consecration and in his covenant with God. And the moment he violated his consecration and his covenant... The power left him. The worst thing the apostolic movement can do is let up on our consecration and get away from our covenant. Because if we get away from consecration uh, and say, you know what, flesh, uh, you don't like it, uh, but this is a spiritual thing. Uh, you're going to live right. Uh, you're going to have a right attitude. Uh, you're going to love everybody. Uh, you're going to quit hating. Uh, you're going to get rid of jealousy. Uh, you're going to get rid of pride. Uh, I consecrate myself. Uh, I'm going to get lust out of my life. Uh, I'm going to get envy out of my life. Uh, I'm going to get a bad spirit out of my life. I'm consecrated. Uh, and when you get consecrated, 
consecration, uh, tied with covenant, uh, you get a breakthrough power. Uh, you get a power that breaks chains. Uh, you get a power that tears the walls down. Uh, you get a power uh, that knocks the doors off of the prison house uh, only because you're consecrated uh, and you're in covenant with God. Somebody shout, it's a spiritual thing. You cannot violate spiritual principles and expect to get spiritual results. You can't handle things in your flesh and think that you're going to get a spiritual result. Anything that you fix in your flesh will be temporary and only last for a moment. But if you handle it in the spirit, uh, if you get if you get God to step in uh, and break that chain off of you and you get delivered uh, and you really get set free, uh, there's not enough demons in hell because you handled it in the spirit. Too many times we're trying to fix it in our flesh can't fix your marriage in your flesh. Read all the books. Go to all the seminars. Take the marriage class. But still a spiritual thing. And best thing you can do is grab your little sweetheart by the hand and come to this altar and say, we're going to keep praying until dysfunction leaves. Uh, we're going to keep praying uh, until division leaves. Uh, we're going to keep praying uh, until that stronghold uh, of separation uh, and anger uh, and vindictiveness uh, gets out of this home. Uh, we are going to handle it in the spirit. Oh, who am I preaching to right now? The devil's after your marriage. He's after your kids. He's after your ministry. He's after your faith. And he'll use whatever. He'll use whatever he can. You got to handle it in the spirit. You can't build that business without God. Well, I just don't know. You know, it's easy to pay $100 tithes on a $1,000 blessing. But what are you going to do when it's 10000 So I've had the Lord use me in a few places where I prophesied and some things happened in some people's life, and it was several hundred thousand blessings. That's a few more zeros on your tithing check. And some people... They can't do math once they get to that many. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. If you can pass the money test, if you can pass the money test, God can trust you with anything. If I can't trust a man with my money, I can't trust him with my wife. But if I can trust that man with my money, he probably ain't going to mess with my wife either. But if he fails the money test, be, be, be careful. It's just a word of wisdom. 
But some of you, God is wanting to take you to the next level. And so he's been testing you with hundreds. Listen, the revival God's about to give us is going to take money. And if you think we're going to stop talking about money, you got another thing coming. It's going to take resources to do what God's about to do. If God all of a sudden flipped the switch and backsliders heart, you could not hold them in this building. And I'm going to tell you what's happening prophetically. There's church buildings that are collapsing all over the all over the North America. And God is opening up doors for us, the apostolic people, to step into buildings we did not build. We're going to buy land that we didn't have to tell. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God is going to usher us in. It just doesn't matter. It's a spiritual thing. How blessed do you want to be? Now, I'll just, I'll just, am I Okay. I'll just tell you me. I don't just pay tithes and some offerings. I also believe in first fruit, and I don't have time to teach it. You hand me back, I'll do a whole session on it. First fruit is not tithing. Go in the Old Testament and look what he talked about tithing. He then said first fruit. Then he said offering. There's three of them. First fruit was the first blessing you got. Out of that new piece of land you bought. When you planted corn in that five acres, that first fruit of that new five acres, you brought the whole amount as a first fruit offering and said, God, you blessed me with this and you're going to let me keep it the rest of my life. And so everything that I get out of this first year, I'm bringing it to the house of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's a spiritual thing, but I dare some of you to get excited about it and say, the first car that I sell as I become a new salesman, I'm going to pay my tithes, I'm going to give my offering the dedicated thing, and then I'm going to give a first fruit and watch God start stepping over himself to bless you. I've got testimony after testimony of churches that I've taught that principle to that come to me and said it became like a game with God because God says it's a spiritual principle. And when you take that step of faith and say, God, you're the one that gave it to me. This belongs to you. You can trust me. I'll support missions. I'll give to the poor. God, I'll support the widows. I'll do whatever. I'll feed the hungry. But I'm going to be a giver. And supernatural things will start happening. I have a friend of mine in North Florida called me the other day. He said, hey, you know where our building's at? I said, yeah. He said, we're landlocked, man. We can't do no more. They've already went over to the fellowship hall and redid it and made a space. But they don't, they're boxed in. They got apartments on the backside and the sheriff's department bought right next to them. They can't expand, very little parking. They have to share the parking lot with the sheriff's department. He said, I got a phone call this week. He said it was such and such a denominal church here in town. They said since COVID, attendance is bad and a lot of people not coming back, so they're closing the doors. But when the hurricane had hit up there, they had rented their building. And they said, we have fond memories of y'all. And they said, if we're going to sell this building, we'd just like y'all to have it. Now, 
It's about five acres of land. Building all in place, square footage-wise, they're already moving up. Land-wise, great location, plenty of room to expand. And he said, well, he said, I'll just be honest with you. I, I'm not going to be able to offer, but probably what the tax value is. She said, I think that's fair. You've got to mind you, in, this, in that area, houses after the hurricane had have been stripped all the way down to the bare studs and floor joists. We're selling for 200-something thousand dollars. That land alone was probably worth five or six hundred thousand dollars. And they're going to get it for like half of that. And they called me. Pastor said, I was trying to find out. I've been asking all around. What is that? What's up with that building? Who, who do I need to talk to? Nobody knew. And he said, my phone rang and it was them looking for us. I'm telling you it's a spiritual thing. And don't tell me that God can't do it. Uh, God can make a way. God can turn it around. God can give you one idea. Listen, there's entrepreneurs that God's raising up in this church right now. That are going to have ideas that nobody else has had. And even if they have had it, God's going to use you because you're faithful and because you're good. And God is going to multiply your efforts. Uh, and God's going to send people your way. Uh, and God is going to use you to bless the kingdom of God. You need to let that word of wisdom flow into your spirit because what a word of wisdom is is a divine revelation from God uh, that when you act upon it, uh, something supernatural happens. Uh, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, and when you grasp it uh, and you say, God, I don't understand where this came from, uh, but I'm just crazy enough uh, to take a step of faith uh, and watch God begin to open the windows of heaven uh, and doors open in your life. Listen, I never do this, and I'm about to give this microphone right back to him. But I want to build somebody's faith in this house this morning. This morning, minutes before service started, I stepped into Brother Sloss's office, and I said, Brother Sloss, in the next two weeks when I get done with what's on my calendar, I'm going to start going out, out here and spending some time because God is about to shift what he's going to do with this facility. I feel like God's about to open the next door for whatever it is that God's doing. Brother Sloss said, I'm ready, Pastor. Let me know what we need to do. And now this man of God is preaching what he's preaching. That's not an accident. God is trying to tell us something in this building this morning. Somebody ought to get on your feet and mix your faith with the word of the Lord that's in this house. Come on, right now, you ought to step out in that spirit right now. If you're feeling what we're feeling in the Holy Ghost, uh, you need to step out and grab it. Uh, you need to say, hey, I'm with you, Pastor. Uh, I feel the same thing. Uh, I felt that in my prayer. Uh, I felt it when I was studying the Word of God. Uh, and I am going to be a part of it. Uh, God is going to flow through me. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Uh, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And this is what I want to leave you with, and we're fixing to rejoice in it. Because it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. 
I then lose all fear. Because it's not about how strong I am. It's not about who I know. It's all about Him. So it doesn't matter how big the walls are. God said, go in and take the land. He said, I want you to get over that Jordan. I want you to crawl. Hey, but there's giants. I didn't ask about no giants. I didn't ask about no walls. I knew they were all there when I sent you. But because I'm doing a spiritual thing, uh, because I'm doing a new thing in you, I will empower you. Uh, I will empower you. And God is saying he's about to empower some of you to do things you've never seen before. Would you lift up your voice right now? Come on, lift up your hands all over this house. Come on, let the Holy Ghost touch you right now. Father, right now, let the word of the Lord, let it begin to penetrate deep in our spirits right now. Let that seed of your word begin to explode with expectancy in our hearts. Hey, I know what some of you are saying right now. The enemy's telling you, but I have prayed and it hasn't happened. I know, Paul, you've prayed, but the word of the Lord spoke back to him and said, My grace is sufficient. I'm going to tell you, God is saying it's a spiritual thing. Uh, My grace is powerful enough to save you. It's powerful enough to deliver you. Uh, It's powerful enough to redeem you. It's about His grace and His mercy. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Reach for it. Come on, reach for it. Reach for it. Reach for it. Reach for it. Yes! 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 Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, press in, press in, press in. Reach for it, reach for it, reach for it, reach for it. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on, reach over to somebody. I want you to join. Join faith with somebody. Connect with somebody. Connect with them, connect with them, connect with them. Woo! We're gonna go together. Yes, 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 yes.
Hallelujah. Somebody shout, it's a spiritual thing. I just felt a witness in the Holy Ghost that some of you have been suffering sickness in your body. And God said, tell them it's a spiritual thing. There was a confirmation when Sister Hoyt was saying what she was saying. The Bible said that woman was bound by a spirit of infirmity. There's some of you that's got a spirit of infirmity that's been attacking your body. But I feel right now in the Holy Ghost, you're fixing to take back your healing. You're fixing to take back. If you need a special touch in your physical body, we've already heard testimonies of what God's going to do and what he's already done. I want you to come gather right here in the front right now. And I want you to lift up your hands. There's fixing to be a divine touch of God that's going to flow in this place right now. And there is going to be miraculous healings that's going to take place. Hallelujah. I want you to bind the spirit of infirmity. I want you to command it to go. I want you to speak to it. It has to listen. It's a spirit of infirmity. And I take authority over it right now. In the name of Jesus. Uh, by the authority of the word of God. Uh, by the power of the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, spirit of infirmity. Loose them. Uh, and let them go. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, I set you free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Rejoice a little bit about what God has done. 
You say, Brother Carson, I don't know if I'm better yet or not. You praise him in advance. Watch what God's fixing to do. There was a man recently that I heard about had been going through a serious chemotherapy. When he came to service, he had, they had put in a pick line where they could easily hook him up to the radiation therapy or whatever they were giving him. And he was having to be very careful. And so when he saw his pastor, he was trying to, pastor, be careful. Pastor was wanting to give him a hug. He said, be careful. If this port comes out where this medicine is at, it'll literally eat through your skin. It's that powerful. And pastor said, well, if it's that potent and it would affect your skin that way, how in the world is it not eating through the inside of your body? He said, because it goes directly into the blood. And the blood stops what normally would affect the rest of the body. I've just come to tell somebody today that the blood still works. I said the blood still works. And while you're praying, you ought to just say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Uh, and what would have hurt me uh, and what would have stopped me uh, and what could have took me out, uh, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. It wasn't by my might, my power. It was the blood of Jesus. Hey, I plead, I plead the blood. Come on, you ought to shout it right now. I plead. 